This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Ying.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout-out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Halton Honda, Forever, and Aha That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. So for now, hey, our fearless friends, here's Lisa Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. Once again, we are joined by yet another phenomenal guest. So who is my guest of today? Well, what I can tell you is Julian Smith is the founder of J.D. Nevins Communications, Inc., one of the fastest-growing digital marketing agencies in Toronto, within a year ranked among the top 10 digital marketing agencies in Toronto on UpCity and number one by customer reviews and among non-paying agencies. Julian is host of a fast-growing YouTube channel and podcast, BIYF Marketing, which continues to attract distinguished business thought leaders from around the world. Julian is the founder of the Marketing Summit Academy, an online training platform for digital marketing and event planning. Julian is regarded as a thought leader in the field of digital marketing, recognized for coining phrases such as the economy of authenticity and find your village. Julian is an international keynote speaker with keynotes at the Global Marketing Summit in Jamaica in May of 2019. He has over 20 years of experience in the field of marketing and digital media production, while also being an expert in the field of digital marketing and social advertising, with particular expertise in Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube, multimedia production, content marketing, and SEO. Julian is also the winner of a W0 2019 award and over a dozen IAC and other digital marketing awards for campaigns he has managed on behalf of blue chip organizations such as Johns Hopkins, Allstate and Manulife Financial. Julian, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you today? I am doing great. What an introduction. Thank you so much. Uh, so, it's so such a pleasure to speak to you again and, and such a, an honor and a privilege to be on your show. Well, Julian, it's lovely to be joined by you again, too, and I want to thank you, and I'll, I'll let it be known for the listening audience. I had the honor and the pleasure of being on the other end of the mic. You interviewed me on your awesome podcast, and uh, I just want to say thank you. I'm glad I was able to reciprocate in kind and bring you to my listeners and to my podcast subscribers, so thank you. My pleasure, and yeah, and I mean, it, you know, it seems like just yesterday that we were having that chat, and it wasn't that long ago, but boy, has the world changed since. <laughs> On its head, literally oh, on its head. So let's, you know what? Let's talk a little bit about that because, and let's talk about it from the positive perspective because 
for everybody now sitting in this self-isolated quarantine, um, you know, a lot of people are really scrambling. Uh, they're realizing to what degree people are being encouraged to take their businesses online. We know now that this is the way we have to continue to stay connected, whether it's from a business perspective, personal perspective, or both under the same hat. And, uh, you know, so you're kind of already ahead of the curve. I mean, you and I as entrepreneurs and most of the entrepreneurs I know are doing all their stuff primarily online. Um, but what is business currently looking like for you? Because I know, you know, for myself, I've got unpaid invoices because other people that, you know, everything's kind of gridlocked at the moment. But even though you're ahead of the curve and you're doing things online and you're doing things that would really, in spite of current circumstances, really get other people's businesses or their messages or their brands to the forefront. What's going on for you, my friend? Right. So, you know, I mean, and I'm glad I love the fact that exactly as you said right off the bat, you know, let's look at this from a positive perspective. You know, there's this great there's a quote uh, in the Globe the other day from Mr. Rogers, you know, in times of crisis, look for the helpers. Yes. Uh, right. And, you know, I mean, I think that's exactly the right message to to, to send to people, you know, it, without a doubt. Um, this is forcing uh, a lot of change, a lot of adaptation. Um, people will um, maybe have have a bit of a rough passage through this mm -hmm. um, transition, but I do think I do see a lot of positives. Um, so in in my business, for example, exactly as you're saying, a lot of people I've had calls from people you know who I spoke to, and they said, you know, you spoke to me a year ago. Well, now I'm ready to get serious. <laughs> Or, or, you know, um, or, or, you know, a great example was, you know, a call that I had just yesterday of somebody who said, you know, I've been doing education training, uh, but brick and mortar. And I realize now I've got to go online. Mm. So so I think, you know, I, and another I think an industry that's a great example of how that that's just being completely turned on its head is is telehealth. We've had the technology for a while now. We just didn't have that moment, that that pressure to push doctors and so forth to start saying, well, hmm, maybe I can do, I can, you know, uh, provide some advice to a nurse through a, a, a Zoom call or something like that. Now they're being forced to do it. So it's pushing that, um, those changes forward. And, and I've spoken for about, uh, you know, two, three years now about the rise of, of the gig economy. And exactly now I think companies are, being forced to adapt to that reality the idea of more and more employees working from home and how do we do that so you're right i think I'm, I'm lucky we're lucky that we were a bit of ahead of the curve that we're able to work um online paperless remotely um not everyone is there yet but mm -hmm. i think this is creating a pressure for for us to move in that direction and i think it's a positive direction in many ways Absolutely. Well, staying again aligned with everything that's positive in terms of because I mean, there's a silver lining in every situation and where some people uh, subscribe to victimology or they buy into the panic or the fear mongering. It's not to negate the seriousness of what's going on in the world, but it always comes down to clarity and finding some uh, perspective and, and finding the lessons and finding the nuggets and uh, what we can do to make that work for us as opposed to it working against us. And it's all about mindset. So again, another fortunate for us is because we're entrepreneurs and for us to stay in the zone when it comes to creativity and banging things out and meeting stringent deadlines, we've already acclimated to this whole process of social isolation, uh, isolation 
right? So unfortunately, yeah. some people, they're having a really hard time because for what they did for a living, they at least had the office environment to look forward to, hang out with their peers, their colleagues, and extroverts are really struggling with this as well. Um, but what I look upon, and I'm sure you can attest to this, and I'd be more interested to find out your perspective on this and, and, and what's going on for you in the space of sitting in your, your own uh, home, Julian, is, you know, I think this is now forcing transformation on all levels. It's not even just business, you know, for people who mm -hmm. weren't doing the inner healing work, uh, who were not perhaps comfortable with their own company or uh, sitting in their own skin or revisiting things uh, that perhaps they had put on the bench, uh, sitting on the fence in their life going, okay, I'll get to that later. I'll get to that later. You know, there's we're, we're going through major shifting right now and we're going to be coming out of this once the green light comes on and things lift. It's going to be a brand new world and people are going to have to recalibrate accordingly. People are going to have to configure things accordingly. So in terms of some of the deeper, more introspective lessons that you're now coming to realize about yourself sitting in this period of reflection, what's going on for you personally, spiritually, emotionally, mentally? Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I think, first of all, what you said, I think is exactly right, that, you know, at one point, the dust will settle here, but I don't know that we're ever going to come back to normal. It's going, it is going to be a new normal. Mm -hmm. um, here's, you know, when you, when you ask the question in that sense, it's, it's, it's very funny because, uh, you know, I've, I've, I, and you mentioned the, the word sort of victimology and so on. I think that's, that, that is an appropriate word. And, and I think, um, society, we, we've been living so well, we've lived through such a piece of a period of peace and prosperity. And I've been saying this for years, you know, when I get up and do keynote speeches, I would remind people, I'd say, you know, the normal human experience is death, disease, famine, and war. What you and I have experienced in the West growing up, not having experienced any wars, not really have to deal with any major famines or any uh, major diseases, for example, until perhaps this crisis, um, we have been blessed. Mm -hmm. And and as a result, I think a lot of people have have um, you know started to become have, it created the sort of culture of entitlement, uh, victim mentality, woe is me, and so forth. All these sort of first world problems. And I think what I'm noticing is that in a way, um, this was the incident that that people needed to to really clarify what is important in life. You know, I mean, we, and prior to this, you know the. The, the, we're still in, in a very polarized world today, mm -hmm. but I think this is bringing people together to say, "Hey, now we have a common enemy. We have a common challenge," uh, um, and it's it's really kind of, in some ways, highlighting the the the, the strength and the, and the beauty of the human spirit. When I see little videos online of you know the p communities in Italy singing, hey, people hanging out of their windows singing together. Yeah, that reminds me of the human spirit and so forth. So, um, you know, where am I at? I, I, I think I, I, I'm by nature. I tend to thrive in crisis and yes. adversity. I've always been I've always been aware that it's actually adversity is what helps me grow. I like it. Mm -hmm. So so if anything, you know, this is the kind of circumstance where I do well. I'm able to sort of remain calm, keep level headed. 
somebody said that to me the other day, you know, now's the time to, now's where my anxieties are justified. And I said, no, actually, no, you're, you're, you are justifying your default, but now is the time to keep calm and carry on. Bingo. Bingo. Yeah. Absolutely love that. Well, and, and it's forcing us to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. We understand that in the personal growth, personal development world. We understand that from the perspective of being entrepreneurs, because when we embark upon the world of entrepreneurship, we know that that's fundamentally requiring huge risk and, and belief in ourselves. Uh, because we don't, I mean, we see our message. We, see, we understand our message. We foresee the vision. We, we, we know where we're going with what we're embarking upon for the trajectory of where we say we want to go. Um, but there's still a huge element of risk attached to that. So, you know, when we talk about getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, when we talk about manifestation, we talk about visualization, uh, when we talk about going deep within to do the daily work, uh, to heal what needs to be healed so that we can show up as our best, most improved version for the rest of the world. Again, we're ahead of the curve with all of those things because we've elected to see the bigger picture, call it the 5D, uh, you know, being able to tap into the abstract on many different crucial levels, knowing that they all interconnect, you know, from a business, personal, financial growth perspective. So I think a lot of people are, are having to really go, okay, there's a lot of things that are broken. There's a lot of systems that are broken. There's a lot of things that perhaps are now glaringly no longer working. What am I going to do to be a part of the solution, right? So where some people are still concentrated energetic wise on being problem saturated they're not seeing the golden opportunity in which to look at what's broken out there and what part or what role they can play whether it's tweaking their business tweaking their mindset uh tweaking whatever to go okay now i know how to even more so than ever as a result of this golden opportunity i know how to show up and i know how to take this to the next level right yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, when you say, you know, if everything is broken, well, then that means that there's a lot of things that need to be cleaned up and fixed. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and there, uh, there will be an opportunity to that. I mean, I, I just imagine, I mean, the number of government jobs that are going to be created just to clean up this mess are going to be is going to be huge. So there absolutely. will be opportunities. Right. Right. Well, and, and it's taking a look at, too, how things are all interconnected, because, you know, this is the first time that I recall in my history of us all being in the same boat. You know, mm -hmm. we we as empaths, we can look upon other people with their own interest groups or other social issues that have run amok in our society. You know, call it the residential schools, uh, call it gun violence, call it school shootings, call it uh, climate change, global warming, you know. All those things, the pipeline, impeachment, all these subject matters have temporarily come to a grinding halt because now we all as a collective find ourselves in the same boat and we're all fighting for ourselves right? Mm -hmm. We're all looking at the, the, what's the solution for me. And it's not, to, I mean, yes, there's a lot of beautiful things going on. You've cited that with the videos and people in Italy and people taking their skills online, either to entertain people or to distract people, or, or at least bring them away from just being saturated with the news 24 seven, which is not good. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, there's a golden opportunity to go, okay, uh, now I can understand why some other things were perhaps pressing that I wasn't as equally tapped into because it didn't necessarily impact me per se. So I think the level mm -hmm. of empathy and deepening and, and, and going to the abstract and seeing this world 
from the vantage point of, yes, we are all interconnected. And, and mm-hmm. what, can, what can I do to show up for other people in their time of crisis? Even if once this lifts, it's not my personal crisis per se, but how do we show up? How do we get more tapped into other people's pain? Because when you tap into people's pain, that's when you can get very crystal clear on purpose and passion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you and I, I think, are very much aligned on that sort of mantra of the rising tide lifts all ships. Yes. So, you know, if there, if, there, if, we, if there was ever a time in which, uh, you know, we need to exactly lift each other up, um, now is it. And that's exactly it. You know, there's a lot. I, I get a little cautious. I've heard some people sort of compare this to uh, a wartime. And I think that I'm a little cautious about that because it's, I'm saying, well, you know, no, like you're not. You're not running from bombs. You're not living in in in, in a, a trench yet, so it's not quite that bad. But um, but it is a a collective crisis that is global. That it, and and you know these cases. This is is going to get a little worse before it gets better. Mm-hmm. I would discourage people from thinking, you know, well, geez, you know, once that happens, because I think, you know, the projections say that that will happen, is to start to think, is for people to get defeatist, exactly, and start to say, oh, well, you know, these this social distancing isn't working. Yes, it is. It does make a big, big difference. So, mm-hmm. a- again, it's just a matter of, you know, stay the course. I think we'll be in this for a while. Um, you know, some, right now they've got, you know, my kid's school is technically, you know, they're not opening until May. But frankly, Same. I uh, yeah, I don't anticipate school starting again until September next year. Agreed. You know, we've got a good, you know, 18 months rough, give or take, until we find a vaccine for this thing. And I think we'll be uh, adapting throughout and until then. But, you know, the sky isn't falling. Right. As you as you've and you as you and I have mentioned, just as 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 there will be some sort of losers, there will be winners. There will new opportunities will be created, um, and it's going to push us to 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 new solutions and new ways of doing things. Um, and and in the long run, I think we'll end up in a better place. But agreed, uh, wholeheartedly. It's, it's agreed. a it's a tough thing. Yeah, it's a tough thing for people for all of us to go through. And and exactly, I think the the pulling together, lifting each other up, seeing where we can support each other, how we can. Um, you know, keep each other engaged and entertained and, and, and thriving. That's that's the best we can do. Absolutely. Well, let's get back to the business end of things as it as it pertains to you specifically. So, I sure. mean, you know, we're we're goal planners. You know, we have lofty goals, uh, whether we're doing them or implementing them incrementally, first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, et cetera, et cetera. You know, a two year plan, a five year plan, whatever the case may be. So going back to going into this year of 2020, now knowing the the culture of what we're sitting in right now, when things start to financially regenerate, when everything starts to regenerate itself, what are you now looking at as a result of the times that we currently sit in and going, okay, because I couldn't have envisioned this crisis this is what else I can bring to my business model, or this is another aspect or element of what I now know. There's a good portion of people that are going to be additionally looking for outside of my suite of services per se, or taking what you've already got and enhancing it or enriching it in ways that you couldn't have necessarily projected a few months ago. So has there anything changed from you in terms of looking at your own business model and how to adapt that and integrate that into the times we're going to be eventually coming out of with where we sit currently? Um, if anything, what I would say is that it's it's making me want to double down on the direction that I was going. 
Um, so, so, and that's, and that's a, a couple of things, reasons for that. So, um, when I launched my agency, there were two things that I would say that, uh, were distinguishers. One, um, was that exactly that it was, my goal was for it to be an entirely virtual, uh, model, uh, and on a contract basis where I could work with people internationally online, uh, be a paperless business. And not that, that part isn't entirely unique. More and more agencies are operating in that way. What was most unique, and I think it still is to this day, is that most agencies uh, in the marketing space have always thrived on the retainer contract model. But because of, as you've heard me talk in the past about things like the economy of authenticity mm -hmm. and all of these new technologies, social media, et cetera, I have felt very strongly that, um, that that individual small businesses and even larger corporations can start to take on their marketing internally, that they just need either some skill development or they just need a bit of outsourced help, but otherwise that they can start to uh, do that in-house in their own voice in that, in fact, if, if anything, in doing it in their own voice, it was good for them. So it was because of that that I found myself training and teaching other um, um, employees at, at businesses or, or customers themselves that I had the vision for the Marketing Summit Academy. That way I wouldn't always be repeating the training. I could have it there as, as stuff um, that people could always, uh, that I could always pull out. Mm -hmm. So now because of the fact, and again, as I said, I, I saw these trends towards the, the gig economy and us moving towards that started to have second thoughts about, you know, oh, geez, is the, is the, is the job market coming back? Is the gig economy starting to wane? I thought maybe it was, but if anything, I think this COVID-19 has just kicked it into higher gear. Agreed. So, so if anything now, exactly, going back to, you know, small businesses are going to continue to be really the engine that drives the economy. Um, the fact that more and more people will be working remotely from home and so forth really just tells me that to keep on doing, but to do it more and to extend it more and, and, and to, you know, now I, I, I've been thinking about exactly a program that is specifically a, how do I operate paperless and just mm -hmm. deal with that as, as, as a training program, because more and more people now are needing to adapt uh, like that on their own. So if anything, it's, it's, it's making me double down, not change anything. Lovely. Good stuff, Julian. And so let's talk about what the inception of your journey was. How did you know that this was your passion, purpose, your skill set? Um, you know, what else came before that where we talk about, you know, turning your failures into success, fall forward, get up faster, all that kind of stuff. With, you know, did, how did you come into this? What, what's, what's the story behind the story? Well, I think part of it is that I think I have a an entrepreneurial personality. I mean, I don't even remember this, but my aunt loves to tell me that when I was five years old, I would draw a little doodle and then go door to door and try to sell them. <laughs> uh, so... So I think I've had that mind, that mentality and that sort of spirit by nature. Um, I started my first business um, in my early 20s, uh, web hosting, web development. Did that for a few years, realized I was still fairly sort of green and, and, and wanted to get back into the workforce. So I went back to school. I went back to work. Um, the agency that I was last at uh, when I last held a job, I, I'd been there for 10 years. 
um, and had gained a lot of great experience. Um, but the one area where I, I felt that it was weak was in was social media. And because that had just completely transformed the marketing industry, mm-hmm. really felt that I need to sort of step up my game on that front. So um, when I lost my job at that agency, they had grown up to about 50 people. When I joined them, they were eight, and then they kind of started to shrink again. And again, I think it was because they had ignored social media. So one was about, um, it was a matter of, I need to fill in that, um, that uh, area of expertise. The industry has changed. I need to level up. Uh, two was that, you know, I was looking for a job right after I, I lost that position, but what I was finding was contract work. And that's what kind of made me realize that, um, that the gig economy is, is what's taking over because historically, I've always regarded marketing as the canary in the coal mine. I've been able to predict up swings and downturns in the economy based on whether agencies were hiring and firing, mm-hmm. because it's usually the the line item on your budget that that get goes up or goes down based on the economy. Um, so the fact that agencies were letting people go would normally have made me say, "Oh, okay, we're headed for an economic downturn," but I wasn't seeing that. People were still spending. So what it told me was that the budgets were there; they just were shifting it towards this gig economy. So that's what, after getting a few contracts, finding it easier to get contracts, finding that they were better paid. Um, I said, okay, it's time for me to get out on my own again. Um, and then that journey really just evolved very, very organically from, you know, I, 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 as I said, I wanted to fill that gap on the social media. So I did um, Facebook training. Through that, I joined this mastermind group. Um, that led to me doing my YouTube channel and show. Um, the show then led to all kinds of things in terms of me getting speaking engagements and meeting fascinating people and um and uh in a way you know not a direct line uh, growing my business but certainly i would say contributed uh in a lot of ways um and then again from seeing what the what where business was going and what could be done um after the show then did the academy so that's been the sort of the journey the progress um beautiful it's just kind of one thing yeah Fantastic. And so for all the stuff that you do do online, you would be very cognizant of analytics. You would get a flavor in the pulse of different demographics of people really gravitating more towards one social media platform versus another. So in your experience, when you're talking about business or or anything under the sun that you're working and interfacing with directly or indirectly, you know, can you walk us through what you're seeing, like this, the average type of person uh, that fits each demographic of each social media platform? Like what what resonates for you and where? Um, okay, so a, f- a fairly sort of loaded question and, um, and there's, there's a lot that we could talk about. So for sure, um, you know, each platform is has its own character, its own uh, format, um, has a unique, has a, as an audience that's sort of skewed in a particular direction. So, you know, the, the expression, you know, the media, uh, the media is the message. You, you do want to be cognizant of what each platform is. Um, so for example, um, you know, Instagram is a very visual one. Uh, it has, um, a, a population that skews slightly more female, 
Um, and uh, again, yeah, it's very visual. Um, whereas, let's say, uh, uh, LinkedIn is very B2B, much more corporate and so forth. So the messaging that you would put on one platform versus the other in many ways should be tailored for each one. Yes. And then, and then the question is, okay, well, where's your audience? And the, and the reality is, 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 so yes, you know, for, for certain, you know, if you're targeting men, you might want to go more on Twitter, you know, if you say, okay, no, I'm more on women than fine. You might want to go over to Instagram. If it's a younger generation, you might say, okay, let's look at TikTok now. Mm -hmm. um, but the reality is, is it's always been the same that you, that in an ideal world, you are omnipresent. You can't, right. I realize that, that that's not possible necessarily for everybody. Um, but, but in the same way that the, in the old days, uh, which I still technically remember before the days of the internet, you know, what was there? There was, well, there was print advertising in newspapers and magazines. There was billboards, there was radio and there was TV. Mm -hmm. And in an ideal world, you would be on each one of those. Right. And then after a while, when you, you know, you see their ad on TV and you drive by one of their billboards and then you hear an ad of, for them on the radio and you get the impression that, you know, hey, these guys are everywhere and I keep hearing them and it reinforces that brand. Well, it's the same thing I would say with social media. Right. So to say people often will say to me, you know, well, geez, do you think I should be on this platform or that platform? Should I try this messaging or that messaging? And usually the answer is, I don't know. Have you tried it? Right. <laughs> um, because so so you know when you mentioned you you brought up the you know the fact that you know, there's demographics. Well, so that, so we've been using in in the industry we've been using demographics f forever, and that's mm -hmm. given us some direction in terms of where you know what newspaper who reads it who you know, but it was still. Uh, I'll, I'll try to be polite about this. It's still kind of throwing poop on a wall, right? Like yeah. You're, 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 you know that you're going to be getting in front of a whole bunch of eyes that are not interested. Social media, the internet allows us two things. One is it provides um, psychometric data on a level that's just unprecedented that we've never been able to do. You could only have done that if you were running um, uh, sort of like a, like a study, a peer-to-peer -peer study group, mm -hmm. uh, which would be very expensive. Um, and then the other thing is that on top of that, then you can then target directly to those people. So, so exactly if you're going through Facebook, not only can you say, okay, based on this demographic data and this psychometric data, go and find those people and only send my ad to those people. Um, and you simply just couldn't do that before. So that's how the, the landscape has changed. Mm -hmm. Um, I mentioned TikTok as the sort of new emerging platform um, every generation, I think it seems, has its own new platform. I think what yes. happens is that, you know, you get Facebook and then they come of age, they have children, their children don't want to be on their parents' social network, so they go onto Instagram. TikTok's the new one. So, you know, if you're looking ahead, long-term future, that that's, you know, for, for, for the, the next generation next and you want to start doing some branding and getting in, in some visibility, that's where you want to be. Um, again, for, for B2B, uh, you certainly want to be on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Facebook and Instagram, uh, people often forget that, that uh, Facebook owns Instagram, so it's essentially the same advertising platform. Correct. Uh, 
Um, and then, of course, Google, Google Analytics. I mean, those are your two. Those are, those are your big ones. Mm-hmm. Well, you and I met over on LinkedIn and we spoke on your show about how much I love LinkedIn because it really <laughs> does convert, you know, for what we're doing. I mean, the people who are entrepreneurs, they understand how invaluable time is. Time is actually more important of a resource than money. Uh, so I've had really good success with people over on, uh, LinkedIn and it brought me to you and it's been great. I've enjoyed our interaction. I've enjoyed our reciprocity. I've enjoyed everything. Um, so let's talk about your clients. So, you know, if, because we, we understand people don't know what they don't know. So let's say there's a new startup that's coming up. They understand they got to get with the times. They understand for whatever it is that they're endeavoring or they're embarking upon doing, uh, they need to get out there. They've got to be visual and they've got to get with the times and the times are saying, go online, be virtual, all of that. So they're coming to you and it's grassroots, it's ground zero. And they're like, okay, I don't have necessarily all my ducks in a row. I don't even know what the bigger picture looks like. I'm kind of fumbling my way through this, but I'm smart enough and I'm I'm cognizant of what's going on that I need to adapt. I got to pivot here and I got to get in this space. So what's that initial conversation look like? Um, Okay. So I think that conversation is twofold. One is the, the, um, the, I guess the marketing language around your business, uh, and part, you know, identifying who, okay. So who is your, your, who are your customer, uh, is your customer avatar or avatars? Who are they? Mm-hmm. What are they like? What do they, what do they think? What do they say? Um, and, and, and so forth. Um, and uh, along with that, that also comes along with a, a, a bit of a, a discussion about, okay, well, what are they searching for online? Uh, um, and let's look at your competitors and so forth. So there's a there's a whole discussion about that about what is what are your what is your audience? What do we know about your audience so far? Um, how can we describe them? How can we define them better? The other discussion is um, is a pure metrics one. Quite surprising though, how many businesses can't answer these these a few simple questions. And so I would say before you speak to any agency, here's something that you want to know. One is. I'll, I'll often say, you know, what is your average, what is the average value of an individual sale? Again, most people say, well, usually I get, instead of people saying, okay, here it is, it's roughly this, it's a, you know, per sale, it's $1,000 to $2,000 or whatever their product or service is. A lot of times the answer that I get will be like, well, it varies, you know, it's a, and I get it. Most businesses are complicated in that way, but you do need to know that's one number. That's one number aspect that I, I'm very curious about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I start getting into questions about, okay, well, what are your, what's, what are your margins? Um, ultimately, what this whole conversation is going down to is that I need to get, I need to get a rough sense of, okay, if I'm going to start putting media spend into your product, I need to know, I need to start setting some targets about what is, what do I, what dollar value for a lead am mm-hmm. I willing to accept? And what what is a profitable conversion? Mm-hmm. Well, I can't know that. I don't know that if I don't know the. And then the third question that I ask, and again, it's it's quite surprising to me how many business owners don't know this. I say, okay, so now that you've we've sorted out, usually I have to walk them through just to sort out what is their average sale. Now I say, okay, now what's the long term value of those clients? And then hmm. they then and they're stumped. And wow. and to me and to me I find it. 
actually shocking how many businesses and business owners have trouble answering what I think. To me, those are all very basic questions. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, same thing is, you know, I need to know what the long-term value of, your, uh, of, of a customer is because if one sale is, let's say, $15 and I spend $15 on that ad, you could say, well, then I, I got nothing for it. Well, not necessarily. Not if that's a repeat customer. That's right. Exactly. You know, so, and then, and then, the, you know, that's the other thing too. Is 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 often that conversation is simply explaining two factors. One, which is now that we are able to identify and track and follow these customers in a better in, in a better way than we ever were before, it means two things. Now we can start to say exactly what is the value, what is the dollar value, or what is the break-even point at which this is worthwhile, and you can start to do that math. And then at some point, it becomes once you once you crack a sales funnel. First of all, it's a it's a huge adrenaline rush because you basically know that now I can just scale this. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't get to that point. Of, Unless you start doing these, answering these these sort of very basic numbers to know, okay, what are targets? What's reasonable? And then the other part of that discussion now becomes, okay, you have to understand that this is iterative. It goes back to what I was saying earlier of, well, have you tried it? What we do, we 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 fail. We aim to fail in a way a lot. You know, it's it's we we can take all we can take as much information as we want. We can do as lot of, a lot of research as to what language is working, what your competitors are doing. But at the end of the day, then you t- you're making your most informed guess. You create a campaign around that, and then you look at the data. You couldn't get, you didn't have the feedback cycles that you used to before. You know, in 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 the early days when I started this, if you did a print advertising campaign, you wanted to compare two ads, you'd have to go, you know, one one ad, one magazine month version, wait a month, do another version. You know, it would take ages just mm-hmm. to compare two ads. Now I can compare multiple ads, A/B testing, and get you pretty reasonable data for fairly small price, um, and have and then know how to refine and make that ad better, and then retarget and make retarget those people, turn them into loyal customers. What kind of campaigns? So your your options are are through the roof, but people need to understand that it's iterative, that it just and and that it starts off slow we start if we do a few experiments and it gets better over time okay well i want to interject here because i think i mean everything you've said is true and everything you've said is like right on bullseye but i think you know if we look at two people and they're doing exactly the same things why is it that one person in success or in business is more successful perhaps than the other. And I think it's because a lot of people are looking to emulate what other people are doing. And a lot of people are more tapped into the soft skills and being relational with people. I think if you know, if you truly know who you are as a human being, and then you bring whatever your skill set or your products or your services to market, I think the more people resonate with you on the personal level, which instills a level of trust. And when, then when, when consumers or clients have the option based on so-called competition or, or consumer choice or options, where they then wish to uh, insert their dollars, they're going to go with the person who they feel they can most resonate with. And the person who shows up is more sincere, more authentic, 
uh, really is speaking from a place of knowing who they are. That's, you know, because you could sell anything. If you're a good person and you're convincing, but not from a fabricated, contrived, uh, artificial way, uh, people can pick up on that. People can pick up on nuance. People can pick up on other people's energy, sincerity. Um, and if you can really connect with your demographic, you can sell anything. I truly believe that. And I think more people get caught up in the, okay, I've got to outdo my, my competition, but they lose sight of what makes competition more successful per se than what they are. And it's not always the product. It's not always the ad space. It's not always all of that. It's the genuineness of the person, the, the, the deliverer of the message. Yeah. You know, you've just articulated something like, as, as I said, that I've been talking about now for, for a couple of years in keynotes. And when I talk about the economy of authenticity, that's exactly yes. what you've just, you've just articulated. And um, exactly. Some things have changed. It's not like, first of all, I mean, authenticity has always everything. There's a currency in, in, in anything, right? There's a yes. currency in the coolness of shoes. The, uh, um, and, and, you know, since I started to talk about this, authenticity has become this sort of buzzword. And in some ways it's almost bothered me because I've almost found as if people have tried to commoditize it and I'm saying, yes. no, you can't, it's not something that you sell. You just either are, or you aren't sure. what I'm getting. And what I've been getting at exactly. And what I think you're getting at is this is, is simply that, you know, authenticity perhaps has always had a, a, a currency, but the issue and what, what we're, you and I are observing and telling people is that as a currency, it is something that is appreciated in value over the last few years and continues to. And the reason why is twofold. I think one is because, you know, as, as businesses um, and, and industries become oversaturated and people have been seeing these perfectly curated ad for year, ads for for years and years, they become a lot more cynical towards it. Mm -hmm. Two, they start to see these examples of authentic sales tips. So, you know, a great example that I like to use is, let's say, like microbreweries. It's a big difference when, you know, you see that perfectly polished ad um, for this corporate brand of beer versus, you know, a YouTube video of the brewmaster himself conveying his passion, why he got into brewing hops in the first place and yes. why he thought it was so cool. And, and, and you see his passion and he's this quirky guy. You relate to the individual. Uh, and and, and so, so people are drawn and attracted to that, I think, on a level more and people are able to execute that in a level that they just never were before. Uh, and so as, as, as an economy, I think authenticity is appreciating in value. And, and that's exactly what you've caught on to. So um, you're right. I think, you know, people need to, to focus less on what their competitors are doing. And because and, and, I regard myself, I'm, I'm my only competitor for me. Yes, me too. You know, it's, it's, I, I really only want to know, you know, do I feel like I'm, I've moved forward? Have I, am I doing better than I was last year? If not, yeah. what, what can I do to be, do better? It's really just myself. Absolutely. Wonderful. Well, Julian, I want to give you an opportunity being cognizant of time and I'll do it again towards the wrapping up of the show, but where can people reach out for, uh, to you for an initial consult or anybody who wants to appear as a prospective guest on your podcast? And I'd like to talk a little bit more about your podcast. Sure. Um, and uh, so how can people reach out to you to do business or to at least have the initial conversation with you? Okay, so the um, my personal page is a great one because that has links to all of my other initiatives and businesses. So that is I am Julian dot space. 
Uh, and as I said, that'll give you a link to the agency, JD Nevins Communications, which is jdnevins.ca. And if you're interested in training and education in digital marketing, go to the Marketing Summit Academy at msa-school.com. Fantastic. So let's talk about your podcast. How long have you been doing podcasting? What kinds of people are your tribe that you generally would want to interview or interface that you resonate with, that you know your listeners and your demographic are going to in, in, uh, really resonate with as well? So, and, and what is your title? What does it stand for? Let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, all right. Yeah, we're going to cross that line. So yeah, so the show is called B-I-Y-F Marketing. Uh, and uh, that stands for Balls in Your Face Marketing. Love it. Yeah. Now that now the balls has a Z on it. And I have retroactively decided that that stands for Bold and Living Life Zealously in Your Face. Okay. Um, so it, it, it started very, um, uh, by accident. Uh, I, had, as I said, mentioned earlier, I had taken this Facebook training program, created a video for the faculty and for new students, just to thank the faculty and encourage new students. And somewhere in there, I, for one of the faculty members, I said, you know, I really appreciate your balls in your face approach to sales. I don't know. I don't know why I said it, Lisa, whether it was for, for extra emphasis or whatever. It just kind of came out. And that's, you know, back to talking about authenticity. That's me. I'm a, I have a tongue in cheek sense of humor. Me too. Um, it came out. People got a bit of a laugh from it. Uh, a few months later, people were doing these videos and I upped the ante and created this sort of mock agency video that was like almost like a movie trailer thinking that just a few insiders would find it funny and otherwise people would have no idea what I was talking about. People thought it was hilarious and they were like, this should be a show. <laughs> and so I did it. Uh, and so really what I was looking for was just other people in the industry, in marketing, having, uh, you know, just geeking out and talking shop. Uh, in the Since then, I've kind of expanded it a bit because what I noticed was as I got on to talk about this, what I realized is that you know, the marketing industry has been completely transformed by social media. Social media has transformed the world. Yeah. And so as a result, people were would want to talk about this stuff, but they actually had this broader social issues. And, and the fact that, that it, it, it touches on our lives in so many ways, there were so many other issues that people wanted to talk about. They wanted to talk about culture, values, um, uh, moral implications of, 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 of new technologies, what the future was, business ethics, all of these subjects started to come up. And so I thought, you know, there's, there's this demand and need for it. And so, you know, I've opened it up to, in addition to marketing experts, I've brought in uh, professors of philosophy to talk mm. about um, you know, business ethics or, or, uh, and so forth. Um, I brought in a neuroscientist to talk as you know, you and I about mindset and so forth. Yeah. Um, so, so it's really just, you know, different, um, pe different individuals with expertise, uh, and, and we just simply just have a, f a conversation usually focused around what it is that they, they are experts in. And I try to make it a very organic conversation because I feel like then that a real conversation is a journey. Yeah. Uh, and so, and then that way the viewer gets to come along for the ride. And um, to my surprise, you know, people people are willing to sit through it. Well, I did, and I loved it. I thought you were a fantastic host. Oh, and thank you. Uh, 
Well, no, but you're really plugged in. Like it was a real conversation. I felt like we were just having coffee and it was in our living room. And, and, uh, and, you know, and when you kind of, when you really tap into that kind of energy, that's when the listening audience, which you tend to forget there is one at the time that you're doing this, uh, they're going, oh my God, this is awesome. This is like, uh, this is the kind of conversation I would have with my friend. That's right. So, right. I, I mean, those are the best conversations. That's when you know you're doing your, your job well as a host, as yeah. an interviewer. And uh, so kudos to you. You wear that hat very well. Oh, thank you so much. Um, so being cognizant of time as well, I ask this guest or I ask each of my guests this each week. You know, what does living fearlessly mean to you? And clearly you've embodied that by being entrepreneurial, by putting yourself out there. Uh, even the title of your podcast suggests that. But I want to know from you, what does living fearlessly mean to you, my friend? Well, I think, you know, you and I talked about sh- certainly, again, like being yourself, be understanding yourself, being true to yourself. Um, I think, you know, obviously it's it's about part of it is about uh, taking risks. Um, I, you, you know, um yeah, I think really again, being being willing to be yourself uh, and, and accepting yourself and to put yourself out there, um, I think is a big part of it. Um, I you know a couple of things. You know, one of the expressions that I always liked is you know worrying is either too early or too late. Mm. Um, the other one you know I often like to say to people is you know you haven't failed until you give up. Yes, very true. Right. So, so really the being fearless is really just a matter of, of, of knowing who you are. And that's another thing, you know, people often, the question that I often get asked, you know, is what's your definition of happiness or what is your definition of success? And it's the same answer, which is Mm -hmm. it's, it's to me is it's um, the, to as much as you, you can, it's the sort of ultimate uh, integration of being when all of the aspects of your life are, aligned, what you say, what you think, what you do, your work, your play, your family, the more that you are able to align those under behind sort of an integrated purpose. Yes. Um, um, the more kind of full and complete, uh, I would say that your life is. And so I think step one is identify, okay, well, what is that path? What is that North Star? What is the, that 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 aligns all of these aspects so that everything that I'm doing and saying uh, is is along that path? And then and then going after it wholeheartedly, fearlessly. Um, don't give up. Bingo. Well, and what you've described too. I mean, it's alignment, but it's also congruency, right? So when people can tap into the genuineness versus the disingenuineness of whether you're talking about being congruent with, um, you know, actions matching your word, uh, being the walking, talking, breathing example for what it is that you cite, you profess, you declare, you know, if people can sniff or, or whiff out any type of inconsistency with that, then I think you've just shot yourself in the foot from a branding perspective, from a a public figure perspective, a persona perspective. uh, And that's not to say that we're not evolved. We're all evolving and we're all operating at different levels of self-awareness and, and we don't know what we don't know, but that's what cues us to go. Okay. I know I need to know some things I clearly don't know. So perhaps I go talk to Julian about this and then I could appear more, like I'm in the zone with what I'm talking about because I took the time to figure a few things out that are essential because perception is reality. You and I know that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And that would be particularly uh, true and important and imperative for what your business model is with your clients. So right out of the gate, even if people don't know who the driver is of the message or, you know, what the intro is for someone's YouTube channel necessarily, depending on how they configure that, you know, you've got to lock with people. People have got to connect with you instantaneously and get a sense of, who is this? You know, who, who is this and what's this all about? So based on that, uh, you're right. Congruency is very important. And I don't, when people say, oh, I'm very different in my business life than I am in my personal life, then I have a little bit of a question mark or a red flag that goes up because it's like, well, why would you be different? If, if you know that you're this loving person at home and you give your all to your family, for example, uh, why would you not do that in business? You know, and the more relatable you are in business, the more people trust you in business, the more, you know, so it's, it's, it's the trickle down effect of win-win across the board. The more you show up as who you are in all facets and elements and aspects of who you are, the more genuine buy-in you get from other people because people go, oh, well, yeah, like, of course he's a great guy. I've heard nothing but great referrals or, or feedback about Julian Smith. Um, because every person who's intersected with you, whether it be in the personal domain or the professional domain, their experience with you would be the same based on you being a good person who shows up as who you actually are. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you're right. You're you're tapping into the fact that, you know, I think part of it requires, um, being really hard on yourself to an extent, right? To really ask yourself tough questions and, and, and say, you know, am I being consistent? Does my behavior actually align with what I'm saying? Yes. And, and, and you know, we're all guilty. I'm guilty of this as well, you know, but, you know, but, but you know, the simple example would be, you know, somebody to say, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a family person, like family's really, really important to me. And at the same time, but they are, they're workaholics and they're addicted to their business. Well, I mean, you, you, you can't, when usually if and this, I'm, that's the thing is for me, there's no judgment on one or the other. You know, if you're a career oriented person, good for you and focus on your career. If, if family is your number one thing and you, and you, but usually with, with, you know, something has to give in one in order for the other to take, right? You can't yeah. be all things at all, at all times. So you have to be honest. You can't go around telling yourself, you know, I am uh, a, a workaholic career focused uh person and i'm a family guy and i'm you know this and that well no you're you know so you have to ask yourself the tough questions but then it goes back to exactly so ask them and 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 be clear about who you are and if it's not and 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 from there then then that uh you know can uh you can that'll 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 lead you as to to that congruency that you're that you're talking about Absolutely. Bullseye. Well, being cognizant of time, I'd like to also ask you, Julian, you know, what would people otherwise be surprised to know about you? Like for everybody who knows based on your bio, your level of expertise, uh, what you've discussed on the stage during your keynotes, you know, the type of content that people can expect uh, to ingest or consume as a result of going onto your platforms. But what would people be surprised to know about you? Hmm. Um... I guess two things. Um, one is that, you know, I think because I can be very, uh, I, I tend to be, I have, a, you know, I can be sort of opinionated or a bit of a character. Um, but I think people maybe so people don't realize that, I, that I'm, I'm a, such a softy. Like I, I so I'm so, uh, I'm very sensitive. Mm. Right. I think I've developed over the years being sensitive. What I've developed is, is a thick skin. 
um, and and uh, I, I've just learned to be uh, direct and also to um, use my sort of rational brain to override my emotional brain. But I don't think people. I don't think people. So as a result, I think sometimes that maybe gives me this for this sort of uh, cold uh, or um, heartless uh, affect. I get versus, it. You know what I mean? Which, which, I which is not the case. Like I, what I'm getting at is that, yeah, I'm actually like, I don't know that everybody would necessarily realize that I'm a softie. Maybe they do. I don't know. I, cause I think my, my heart's on my sleeve a fair bit too. Um, the other one is that I guess, uh, you know, people don't know that I, I, uh, almost left marketing a little about 15 years ago and went to work in studios. I, I got a degree in sound design and studio engineering. I'm a music and audio junkie. I absolutely love that stuff. Um, so I play guitar, I, I sing, uh, I play drums, uh, stuff like that. I don't know that people know that about me. Fantastic. That's wonderful. So we've got a couple more minutes. Well, more actually, probably one. I'd like to give you the opportunity again to plug where people can find you, connect with you, have an additional consultation with you, appear as a prospective guest on your podcast. Shoot. Okay. So uh, once again, my personal page is IamJulian.space, and there you will find links to uh, JD Nevins Communications, my agency, and that website is JDNevins.ca. Uh, you can find links to the Marketing Summit Academy there as well, which is msa-school.com. Uh, B-I-Y-F Marketing, uh, as we talked about, that is, <laughs> uh, you will find it at B-I-Y-F.marketing uh, or on look at it on YouTube and you can see us there. Fantastic. So in closing up the show, Julian, of course, I want to thank you very much for the gift of your time. I've thoroughly enjoyed this. I'm glad I got to do round two with you. You being on the other end of the mic, me having had the experience of the same on your awesome show. Um, but we, you, we've unpacked a lot here and everything that you've said has been uh, really instrumental. It's been very it's been very important. It's very valuable. But if there was one specific takeaway that you would hope would resonate more so than anything else said here that you shared with us, with the listening audience and the podcast subscribers, what would that main takeaway be for you from the business perspective, current times that we sit in, going forward, being a futurist, whatever it might be, what would that be? I think where we started this show is actually the is probably the thing that that people really need to take away. Keep calm, carry on, Beautiful. look for the opportunities. You know, don't focus on the on on what uh, has changed or has been lost. Look at what for what will be created. Um, think a little more laterally. You know, it, it, it people are often sort of siloed into this is what I do. Mm -hmm. um, those you know skills are often transferable. So again, yes. it's a matter of of saying, okay, well, what does if if the world is going to look different tomorrow or a year from now, what is that going to look like? Where are my skills transferable? Um, and and be measured. You know, one of the great lines, one of my earliest guests that I had on my show, Jim is still, and he said he said something that still to this day resonates me, which is you know people tend to under uh, overestimate what they can accomplish in a day and underestimate what they can accomplish in a decade. Beautiful. You know, so it really, it's just, you know, what is that path? What can I do? Where are the opportunities? What can I do in today? What can I do now? Don't get too far ahead of yourselves. Worrying is either too early, too late. Keep, keep calm, carry on. 
Well, I love that. What a wonderful way to end off the show and close it out. So again, Julian, I want to thank you so much for the gift of your time. You're always welcome to come back on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald for anything new coming down the pike that you think would be uh, worth sharing or impressing upon the global listening audience here. Uh, to my audience, I want to thank you once again for taking the time out of your schedules um, and your isolation uh, for tuning into myself and Julian Smith here. I would highly encourage you to take a strong look at the ways in which things are changing and what you need to do to pivot and what you need to do to adapt and stay ahead of the curve, particularly if you already are knowing that it's time to start embarking upon business or taking business online. I'm very clear on my purpose. My purpose is to uplift you to fear less and to live more. So until next Friday, when we're joined by yet another phenomenal guest, I wish you a safe, healthy weekend. All my best, love and gratitude. You take care, Julian, all my best. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Helton Honda, Forever, and Aha That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. And until next week, our fearless friends, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio telling you to be your own hero, be your own shero, be your own leader, and be your own best friend. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.